Amen. Chills. Wow. How beautiful. I want to say again a special thank you to all the students. Let's give it up one more time for all of our students. They are what make Youth Sunday Youth Sunday, and so God bless their gifts, and, and we are so thankful to have a community of, of leaders in the next generation. Would you please pray with me, church? Gracious and loving God, thank you for this day that you have given to us, Lord. I pray that you speak through me, that the words I say not be mine, but yours. And Lord, speak in spite of me. Let your will be done. Move within us this morning. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. So my name is Marcus Price. I am the youth minister here. And I am so honored to be able to share in a message with you all this morning. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I know, baby. I want to start off with a word of caution, um, just a, a small warning. Um, if I tend to, to uh, start to yell or get loud, um, I'm not angry. I'm Scottish uh, uh, heritage, so, so please do not take that. We are just loud people, so I'm not mad. Uh, I, uh, I'm just loud. So. This morning we are reading out of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. And uh, if you're like me, I'm sure reading through the prophets, you just were so enthralled and, and love the book of Ezekiel so much, you have committed it completely to your memory. But if not, that's not the case. I think some background would be wonderful so that we can understand why the Valley of Dry Bones passage that we read this morning is so important, both for God's kingdom in the past and God's kingdom in the present. The time that Ezekiel was called to be a prophet was one of the times of great distress for the nation of Israel. He was called up by God during the time of the exile, the Babylonian exile. And what this basically consisted of is a lot of, well, some of the Israelites stayed in Israel, but a great number of them were taken captive, shipped to a foreign land, sometimes away from family and friends and loved ones. And if that wasn't bad enough, because that's already rather traumatic and, and would be uh, quite bad to go through, the way that the Israelites believed they interacted with their God was, was through their temple. That was how they worshipped. That's how they communicated. That's how they, they beseeched God to be on their side. That was taken away from them too. And that's difficult for us to, to try to think about being so removed from even our God. Because what do we tell children even when they're real little? Even if you're all alone, you still have Jesus with you, right? We say that. We teach them, teach those, that even when they're alone, they have Jesus. The Israelites weren't so lucky. They didn't have that mindset. They didn't have that luxury. And so when they got shipped out from their land, they believed that they lost their God too. 
how hopeless that would make you feel, huh? To think that you were separated from God. And so, great tragedy needs to have a great message too. And so God lifted up the prophet Ezekiel. And uh, we're reading from Ezekiel 37, but all through Ezekiel, um, we have woe to Israel, woe to this nation, woe to that nation, because when God starts um, to speak, it's not only, oh, woe to this person, but everyone that has, has suffered uh, sinful behavior will, will suffer the consequences, Israel being one of those as well. But we get to this passage in 37. Ooh. We get to this passage, and it goes like this. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Now, I want to take a quick aside here, because I think that this, this wording, it was full of bones, well, it's the time of Halloween right now. And skeletons aren't as scary as, as I think that we should give them credit. You know, we, we have Halloween decorations and we put a skeleton outside the front door and it's like, oh, that's cute, that's fun. I think that, that we need to think of this a lot more concerningly. Because essentially what is happening where Ezekiel has landed, God has transported him from wherever he was before and placed him in the middle of what I'm going to call Death Valley. Puts him in the middle of this valley that is a reminder of death. Before, uh, earlier this week, the sermon title, which this morning is defeating Death Valley. Um, it was slightly different. It was welcome to Death Valley, but from some uh, other opinions, we changed that. That would be a little too intense. But I wanted to get that point across because of where God has taken Ezekiel. Bones surround him. The reminder of the bleak death that awaits all of us is as far as the eye can see. And as Ezekiel, as I'm sure his head is reeling because suddenly he is bearing witness to this reminder of the desolation that befalls all people, God starts to speak to him. And how does God address Ezekiel? He says, mortal. As if Ezekiel in this moment needs any more of a reminder of how mortal he is. And so God asks him, mortal, can these bones live? Being in youth ministry, I sometimes say rhetorical, ask rhetorical questions. I think God is kind of trying to get an answer, a, a bit of a rhetorical response out of Ezekiel. Can these bones live? As you look around, and, and we know, and, and they probably knew what the answer should be, uh, probably not. But Ezekiel is pretty smart. 
I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. Ezekiel doesn't uh, tell God what the response should be and doesn't say, uh, doesn't speak for God. Ezekiel, being a smart man, he says this. He says, O Lord God, you know. Well, that, Ezekiel, is dodging the question. Essentially, Ezekiel is saying, Well, God, you tell me. Smart man. Smart man. And so then, after responding, God doesn't say an answer necessarily to the question. He starts to tell Ezekiel what to do. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Prophesy to these bones. Now, I'm lucky enough that... that, uh, my father who's sitting here, um, he never asked me to like watch paint dry or watch concrete dry. He never told me, like, son, go out there and, and watch paint dry. I would have to think that being asked to prophesy to bones, being up there with maybe a task that would seem rather absurd. Prophesy to these bones. But here's the funny thing, church. Ezekiel says, all right, Okay, I'll do it. He says, yes. What a powerful statement yes is when responding to God. We don't hear a lot of stories in the Bible um, that uh, God, God spoke to the prophet and said, preach this word, and the prophet says, no. We don't have stories of the angel going to Mary and saying, Mary, you will uh, give birth to the Son of God. And, and Mary says, well, let me think about it first. Those don't make it into the Bible. Because God's people respond, yes. I will go. Send me. And so Ezekiel, responding to, to God's question, can these bones live? Or to say it in a different way, God is saying, can the impossible happen? Ezekiel acts and, and starts to preach to the dry bones, to this valley that is filled with death. And what do you know? There's a rattling. And there's a sound. And then the bones start to come together. And then the... the Flesh begins to go on to the body and then covered with skin. And it says that as he was preaching and as he was prophesying the word of the Lord, the bones came together bone to its bone. And skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. There's no breath in them. And when I first read through this passage, I thought that it was strange that there was this, this break. Okay, so, so God says, do this. Ezekiel says, I will. 
goes and does that thing, preaches to the bones, and then they start coming together, and they're almost all the way put together, but not quite. There's no breath in them. And I was thinking about why this is so important, and I think that as I thought about it, there's definitely been moments in my life where I felt like I was alive, I was put together, I had my you know, bones connected, skin on, but the breath wasn't in me. Have you felt that way? I know I have. And so, Ezekiel is wondering where the breath is at. And God says, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as He commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. It wasn't until the breath had been breathed into them that the passage said that they were alive. And I think so often we need that breath as well to truly live. So why two times? Why does it say there's two There's two prophecies. There's two, God will build back people and then God will will breathe into them. And I think that it's because of this. God is promising two things. God is promising renewal of the physical and renewal of the spiritual as well. Which is why Ezekiel is prophesying both to put their bodies back together and then to fill their bodies with God's Spirit. So there's two promises. And so, what comes to to finish out the passage is something that us pastors get really excited about. There's an explanation, thank you God, um, of the, the prophecy that is being asked to preach. God says, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Last week we talked about, Pastor Jeremy preached out of Job. And one of the big points of Job is that when God appears to Job, God does not say, Job, you were making it all up. It's not that bad. You're a complainer. Shame on you. It doesn't say that. Uh, Instead, God acknowledges that Job was suffering. That Job did have everything taken away. And it was Job who spoke truthfully about God in saying all the ways that he was suffering. This morning, I think it's, it's just as important to acknowledge that when God says, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel, to make sure that we know that this is an acknowledgement of what God's people are going through. In saying that, that 
these bones are my nation, it is God saying, I see the suffering that is going on right now. I am aware of it. And now, Israel was in exile because of sinful consequences. Sin has earthly consequences. Write that down. Sin has earthly consequences. And so they were in exile because of their sin. There are situations that, you know what? You're going to have to pay the price for it. But God is not saying that they, they are in exile and they are sinful and we are never going to renew them. Or that, well, if they just did more things right, then they wouldn't be in this situation. What God is saying is, you messed up. You're in this situation. And I've never stopped working to make it better. In God acknowledging that His people are suffering, He's also making it right again too. He's not saying that we're making it up or that it's tough luck. God's saying, I see you suffering and I'll make sure that I make it right too. And so we have the final prophecy that Ezekiel is tasked with preaching. Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. What God is promising here is a renewal for the nation of Israel. I will return you to your land. And not only that, I will go one step further. I will lift you up out of your graves and I will fill you with my Spirit. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing that I have to tell you all this morning. We live in a reality that this prophecy has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We live in the reality that this is our truth. The nation of Israel did return to their land. They did return to Israel. And while there was still people that ruled over them, They were able to be in their ancestral area for around 400 some years after the exile. And then, the second part was fulfilled too. And a man named Jesus was born. Bearing with him the spirit that he was going to use to renew the nation and God's kingdom. And so now we get to, I know baby, I'm almost done, I promise. Now we get to the best part, or my favorite part. This is called, uh, this is a youth ministry t- trick. This is called the so what section. So what? So if you haven't been paying attention, this is where I'm going to wrap it all up. So make sure you pay attention now. The so what section. So why is this important? Both of these prophecies come, have come true. And we live in a, in a, in a reality that God says, I will both renew your body, earthly renewal, 
but I will also renew your spirit. This is not the first time I prepped this sermon. Truth be told, this was going to be a sermon that I was going to give uh, to uh, my wife's family's church um, as a pulpit fill for their, um, for their pastor. And so I was preparing the sermon, and I was so excited. It was right before uh, Ash Wednesday, and I was going to be preaching about the Valley of Dry Bones and how God uh, acknowledges our, our death, but then He will raise us back up. And I was going to preach that on March 24th, 2020. And then the world shut down, and I didn't get to preach it. And we all had to step back. And we all had to begin to exile ourselves. We had to start to be away from loved ones, those we care about. And we had to shut ourselves off from our place of worship and our way to express our love for God. And many of us have seen tragic, tragic pain and sorrow. And so as I read this passage again, I understood that our church, this church, knows a lot more about exile than I think that we originally thought we did. And so here this church, this message is even more important for us today the promise of renewal. That this church is not broken from the things that have happened this past year, but that God is waiting to make this church a miracle. That God is waiting to renew us in the same way that He renewed His people in Israel when they thought that there was no way that God was going to be able to work. They did not say, no, these bones cannot come back alive The prophet said, you know. Take the reins, Lord. What was it? Carrie Underwood? Jesus, take the wheel. God, you know. And by saying yes, God says, look what I can do. So I pray that this church says yes when God calls us. I pray that we become a community that is aware that we have the spirit of renewal. But we have to use it. We have to nurture it. And I hope that you all know that this is not a time of our church not being up to its full potential, but it is a time for us to say we are aware that God is going to continue to work for us and in us and with us because we are following His will. So I invite you to pray with me as we ask the Spirit, the same renewing Spirit, to fill us today, to go with us out of this area, out of this sanctuary, and to spill over into all of our lives. Would you pray with me?
Loving God, we come to Your altar this morning preparing to say yes. God, allow us to see the ways that You can work within us now. God, we were the church exile, and now we are the church that is waiting for Your renewal. And so God, empower us. Be with us. Speak to us. Raise up prophets for us here. God, use our students as leaders of this next generation. Equip them to do what we can only dream of. God, allow us to be conscious of Your will. And Lord, let our hearts say, Yes, God. I trust You. And I will move when You say move. Lord, be with those who Exile is still a very real reality. Let them know they are loved by a God who is working to revive them. Be with us through your Son who died for us and granted us His Spirit. In his beautiful, beautiful name we pray.